Welcome to Buy the Books, the podcast helping business owners navigate the complex world of business, tax, and bookkeeping. Now to the owner and president of Secline, Lindsay Klein. Thanks for joining us, everyone. This is Lindsay Klein with Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time and your host of Buy the Books. I'm here with one of my favorite guests, Jeffrey Gonzalez, the payroll guru, of course. Hello, Lindsay. Thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having me on. I love that you love to be on the show because it's always fun having you. I think that you and I just have these conversations anyway, so we should yes, just record, record them. them. Yeah, I mean, we actually talked about content. doing that, like just in our candid conversations and then somehow trying to figure out how to monetize <laughs> it just because they're that entertaining. I think they are. <laughs> I think they are. Other people listen in and also agree. So, you know, I, I think it's true. Well, we did have a mutual client. I don't know if we've told our audience this. We had a mutual client tell us that she listened to an episode of ours and I don't even remember which one it was. Do you remember? I do. I do remember. And I remember being on the phone and she's like, you know, it's funny. I was just listening to your episode with Lindsay and I was cracking up at you guys like bantering back and forth. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's about how it goes with us. <laughs> she was telling me that she was listening in the car mm-hmm. and she said, I, I'm sure the people in the cars next to me at the stoplights were wondering, what the heck is this lady like hysterically <laughs> laughing at? <laughs> so apparently we are that entertaining. Well, there we go. I'm sure it helps that she knows both of us. Yes. So she well, has... she didn't know me yet. Well, I think that was her first introduction okay. to me. And then okay. we started talking. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she had a little bit of information before she started the conversation. I don't know with if that's you. good or bad. But yeah, <laughs> she did know. She did have some background. <laughs> so we had talked about this topic last time we were together. We did. And we decided to actually go through with it. Yeah. Grit. Grit. I'm surprised it took us this long because we kind of talk about it in a roundabout way often, yeah, but we true. don't use that word all the time. But yeah. when we dived into the definition, we're like, oh, yeah, we, this is what we're talking about all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. No, absolutely. And I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, see if you agree. We both have grit. Oh, yeah. yeah I would say. Yeah. yeah I agree. I agree. Um, and I, yeah, so I'm excited to talk about it because I dived into it a little bit over the last couple of days and kind of learned some points about and this it. is the difference between me and you, Jeffrey, <laughs> is you spend a couple of days on this. Do you know the first time I've pulled up? I mean, I kind of had a general idea of what it was. Yeah. But the first time I actually got into the computer to actually like look at definitions and what it all means and you know kind of hone in on what this topic should be was five minutes ago. Okay. <laughs> so... This is where we are yin and yang. Yin and yang. Thankfully, that is not in the definition of grit that you have to research things well in advance. It is not. But I found some good definitions here in the last five minutes. Do you want to hear them? I do. I do. I want to hear what you came up with. They're like very succinct. So there's one that says grit, the ability to keep working towards a goal, overcoming challenges and sticking with it even when it's hard. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. And then there's one that just has like synonyms or adjectives to explain what grit is. Courage, bravery, metal, which I didn't even know what that, what's the word metal? M-E-D-D-L-E? No, it's M-E-T-T-L-E. M-E-T-T-L-E. I don't even know what that word is, but anyway, it's in here. Backbone, spirit, strength of character, strength of will, moral fiber, steel. That's 
That's a pretty good one. Yeah, Steel. I like that. Nerve, fortitude, toughness, hardiness, resolve, resolution, determination, tenacity, perseverance, endurance, guts, and spunk. It is all of those things. It is all of those things. Yeah. And That's pretty good. So what do you what do you did think you figure about out what that? metal is? I did, I did. So okay, it's a person's it? ability to cope well with difficulties or to face a demanding situation in a spirited, resilient way. And look at this. Here on by the books, we help your vocabulary. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Um, metal, I, I mean, and it's great because grit encompasses all of those, all of those points that you just read. All of those words were all things that people would probably say mm-hmm. that they, you know, would like to have or want to have. And it's all grit. So grit is actually an acronym. Mm-hmm. So the G stands for growth. And here's a little blurb about that. Growth is about how likely we are to seek fresh ideas, perspective inputs, and ideas to help succeed at that thing. Then resilience is the R. Mm -hmm. Resilience is about bouncing back from adversity and being able to use adversity. That's a good one. Then the I is instinct. Instinct is about going about after our goals the best way, not the hardest way. Mm-hmm. And this made me think of work harder or work smarter, not harder. Yeah. That phrase. Yeah. T, tenacity, is that perseverance, persistence, never say die, never quit dimension of grit. It's pretty good. I love it. I love it. Where have you seen, I mean, I. As I said, I think we both have grit, but where have you seen this really play out in your life? In my life? Oh, goodness. Well, so I, I would almost say that it's it's not natural for everybody to have, right? Do you think it's a learned thing? It can be. I, that's what I was going to say is I think it can be learned. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Because, I do mean... Do you think there's certain personalities that already uh, yes. have... I do. Really? Yeah. Because you meet some, I mean, you meet little kids, right? I mean, I have a niece and a nephew. My niece, I would say, will continue to do something over and over again, will fall flat on her face. I have seen her do it (laughs) over and over again until she figures it out because it's going to drive her insane, where my nephew will not. He's just like, like, oh, that was difficult. Path of least resistance. Honestly, like that was difficult. I'm not doing that again. Um, And that's just a personality thing. So that's interesting because if it's a personality thing, then then are we saying then it's easy for some people to have grit and hard for others to have grit? I, I would say that, yeah. But isn't that with any skill? Right? It's easy for some people to be a positive person. Okay. And it's difficult for other people to be positive. But I might argue, and I'm not making this assertion, but I might argue that some of that might be environmental conditioning. Wouldn't grit fall into well, that, too? Well, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Maybe grit is more environmental conditioning than personality. Maybe. Yeah. I'm just throwing it, that out. It probably there. could be both, though, because when you Google grit, it does, I mean, the, the Wikipedia, it, com- it comes up and it says personality trait. 
So it is okay. a personality trait. But that's somebody's opinion at the oh, end of the fair. day. Oh, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. No, yeah, you're 100% right. But but it, but that doesn't mean that... So, I, I don't know. I think it is easier for some okay, people. Okay, let's, like, get... I'll give you a scenario. Just okay. this... And this isn't a real... I mean, yes, it happens, but I'm not I'm not pulling this from anyone's life. I'm yeah. just saying, in, in general, people that grow up in environments where, let's say, it's a real authoritative even scary environment for the kid to assert any kind of opinion or mm-hmm. um, you know do anything that's outside the boundaries of what the parent expects yeah. right like they kind of live in a fear based leaderships mm-hmm. under that right so then if you're in kind of that flight or fight is that how you say it yeah um, then it's scarier probably to that person to step out and do something than a person that grew up in a very free-flowing, unconditional love, whatever you want, darling, I'll support you type environment. You know what I'm saying? That's where I say maybe some of the conditioning comes in, where if you just learned I need to be unseen and do Mm -hmm. what I'm told, maybe it's a little harder. Could that play into that? that Honestly, I think it can. It really can. I mean, where does everybody's personality come from or the resolve come from? I mean, it, it, it probably has something to do with genetics. It probably does have something to do with upbringing. And it probably has something to do with your own personal um, goals and your, you know, what you're pushing for. So is it good, do you think, to have grit in every single situation? Because some of this is talking about never giving up. Are there sometimes things that we just need to give up? I I would say absolutely yes. (laughs) Absolutely yes. There are times. And it's really funny because you're familiar with the situation that I'm kind of going through right now where, you know, I've been doing some side part-time work for somebody Mm -hmm. that I met. And, um, you know, it was going really great. And it was initially my goal was just to be in the room with with these people, right? I just wanted to be there and learn from people. Uh-huh. Is what it what it started as. What it turned into is me basically just doing grunt work for them. <laughs> right? Which is not a bad thing. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but that wasn't the goal. Right. And I didn't need another job. job. Right. Right. So what has what what came of that is where I'm in a situation I was talking to you where I'm like missing other opportunities that could give me the experience that I'm looking for and or better money that I'm looking for, but I'm kind of stuck in this. And for me, I'm just like, I'm just going to do it anyway, right? Like, I don't, I'm not a quitter. I'm just going to keep doing it. And, you know, I go back and I, and I keep working and I keep working. But what I, but what, what, and talking to you, what I've come to understand is, whoa, sometimes you got to take a step back and realize that your, your grit and what you're pushing for might not even be going in the right direction anymore. Right. Mm. The path changes sometimes. And if you're gung ho, just pushing as hard as you can in this direction, but really your path is over here now, skewed to the left, then you need to adjust and go, oh, hold on. I'm pushing for the wrong goals now. Let me refocus. Well, now that I think about it, instinct, the I, Mm. is about going after our goals the best way, not the hardest way. Yeah. So really, it's not going, it's not deserting the idea of grit Mm -hmm. to realign your goals and say whoa this is not fitting into where i want to go yeah so what jeffrey didn't mention is that this guy that hired him 
tried to hire me first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of friends in common, Lindsay. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, and I pretty much was like, well, uh, are you going to make me a partner? Because if not, nah, good. I don't need another W-2 job. Yeah. Um, and so he went on his way, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and he yeah. found Jeffrey. And, and called me. And um, which like... was Which was great. And, you know, but but my goal, I mean, and this really well, hasn't been that long. I this mean, is why I don't think it's the smartest thing for you is you're selling yourself short. Yeah. I mean, you were working for him, what? Way too cheaply. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> way you're you're selling yourself, devaluing devaluing yourself. We'll just say it that way. Yeah, yeah, and, possibly. Yeah, you know, it'd be one thing if you were getting some sort of intangible value out of this mm-hmm. in learning or experience that you need for other things, but yeah. it doesn't sound like that's happening. So, it, well, and uh, and that's where that's the realization I had to come to. And it's not just that, right? I have a day job, right, mm-hmm. where I help people with with I'm the payroll guru. That's right. what I do. Right. So then I'm going at, you know, five, six o'clock at night to do a second job, um, which Guys, I will call and well, I'll text usually you because <laughs> I'm a night owl, right? Yeah. And I'll be texting yeah. at 11, 12 o'clock at night. I'm not even expecting a response because I'm thinking you're probably asleep. But no, you're still at the office (laughs) working for pennies. Which, which again, at the beginning, strategically, I thought it was a good move. But come to find out, it's not. And it hasn't. It's not like this has been going on for years. It's been going on for a few months now. Mm -hmm. But now it's time to go, oh, okay. I'm not getting exactly what I expected out of it. So now how can I pivot this and either realign myself with what my goals are or were Mm -hmm. or pull myself out of it? Because sometimes it's just not worth it. So where do you stand with it today? What have you decided to do? Oh, I've already put things into motion. I should be done within the next week or two. Okay. We're good. Good for you. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes it takes that. And it's also good to have a person to bounce these ideas off, right? Because I talk to you about it. And we talk back and forth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Solicited or not, I'm going to hear about it. No, but. But it's good to have somebody that, that helps you to see your goals. Sometimes with grit, I think, that you just get so into focusing and, and pushing forward and doing what you need to do that sometimes it's good to have somebody that you can bounce ideas off yeah. of that say, hey, well, well you know, is that actually the path that you're meaning to go down? Yeah. Is that taking your time and your focus away from something else that's going to be more beneficial for you? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're so, right. Yeah. And I mentioned, and I think it was the last episode we did, Getting through school, yes, for me, if it hadn't been for grit, I would not have made it through. Yeah. Well, so that tell us about tough. that. Tell us about that. That is probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. I mean, it's because there's hard things I've done. Childbirth <laughs> was <laughs> difficult. Yeah. I I never am going to do that again. We'll just say that, right? <laughs> not signing up for that anymore. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time childbirth is over typically within a day right fair yeah school college that's at least a four-year commitment if you're going for a bachelor's degree yeah and for me it took eight years while i have kids while i have a business while i have all this other stuff going on my school was an hour away Ugh. You know, just that. <laughs> just that was a lot. And so just just the magnitude of 
everything going on, it was highly stressful. Like I, it honestly, I, I, that was the hardest thing I've ever done. So this is a great opportunity though. So like put yourself back into your shoes for one of those days. Like what was your thought process, right? So you've been working all day. You got your kids home from school or whatever they were doing at the time, right? I know this was a few years ago, but you got them home from school. You got them ready. Like what? what's your thought process through this? Whole I want to quit. Yeah. Like, I seriously had that conversation with myself so many times. I want to quit. And what happened? Why, why didn't I, you? Because I kept telling myself... I'm going to age. And for some reason, for me, it was age 40. I started school at 28. Okay. Finished when I was 36, I think. I'm 39 now. So I graduated three years ago. Mm -hmm. I told myself, I'm going to be 40 before long. Yeah. And either I'm going to be 40 with a degree or I'm going to be 40 without a degree. Like that time is going to pass regardless. Yeah. Right? And there's going to be a day on the other side of this that I can look backward at it and say I did it Mm -hmm. versus I quit and I still need to do it, you know? Yeah. But it wasn't easy. I even had family pressure to quit. Really? Yes. Wow. I, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs where college was not very highly respected. In fact, it was even anti college yeah like we were told about the negative sides of college and how it wasn't necessary like Mm -hmm. very big entrepreneurial family yeah put pressure was put on me to quit yeah so it wasn't like i had this great support system that like rah rah hang in there we've got your back we're gonna help you get through this kind of thing no Mm -hmm. it was an active pursuit to encourage me to to quit so you have all of this going on you've gone through a long day because you did school at night, right? Wasn't that what it was? No, actually. Oh, Some, no? Sometimes it what was. What was your schedule? But what was that like? At the hardest point, the, the time when I remember that I was <laughs> literally finding places in campus where I could just get away from people and cry my eyes out. Yeah. During like that, there was one semester in particular that was just super tough. I had to take full-time hours to keep my scholarships. Oh, that's right. So yes. I had, you know... 12 to 15 hour credit you know credit hour schedule which is a lot when you're especially when you're doing accounting classes right because you're talking statistics i don't know what it is with the accounting degrees and statistics have i ever ever (laughs) once once used statistics in anything i've done no the answer is no in fact, one accounting professor hit the nail on the head. He said, every single bit of math that you need for accounting, you learned in elementary school. <laughs> yes. Like, honestly, and in, in fact, it cracks me up that people that don't understand accounting, that talk about accounting, and it's always with a math, you know, the <clears throat> framework of, yeah. oh, you must be good at math. No, I'm not good at math, and I hate math. <laughs> like, if I could compare accounting to anything, it would be law. Yeah. Why? It's, because you're trying to stay within the bounds I mean, basically, of... it's what can you defend to the IRS? Ah. How do you make your case? For yeah. What? Because there's so much ambu- ambiguity yeah. in accounting. Yeah. And there are 20 ways to skin a cat. Yeah. If you don't believe me, listen to the episode, my podcast episode about the, the question every CPA answers differently, where I literally asked the same question to about 20 different CPAs, and every single one gave me a different answer. 
There is no hard cut line. And nowhere in any of those answers, by the way, was there any math. <laughs> right? It's all compliance. It's yeah. all law. How do you interpret law? So if yeah. I could compare accounting to anything, it's law. Yeah. So these people that, you know, talk about, I, I had a dad the other day wanting me to mentor his kid. Mm. And bring him on as an intern so he could learn accounting. And he's explaining to his son why he would like to do it. <laughs> his, da- his son did not seem convinced. Yeah. But he's explaining to him, oh, son, you're really good at math and you love you know, numbers. And, th- and I'm sitting there going, accounting. I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> if you love math, don't get, don't into, get accounting. into accounting. Got, do engineering. Yeah, exactly. uh, there's so many things you can exactly. do with math. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. If if counting was all math, I don't think I would have made it through. In <laughs> fact, that very much influenced the school I went to because there is a college, UTD, that's like 15 minutes maybe from my house. In fact, mm-hmm. when I started school, it was like five minutes from my house. Okay. So I went to them first. Like, this would be super convenient. Yeah. I would have had to take an entire extra semester of math because that school, UTD, loves their math. Got it. And they like tout that they are a math school. Like no matter what business degree you get there, you have to take like calculus three, like big time math. I would not make it. Yeah. No. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, no, I will drive an hour to UNT. Yeah. An hour out of my way to not do that. <laughs> this is not happening. And that was, but so that was you being strategic, though, right? Sure. Like you, but, I mean, the, that falls into what we're talking about, is you were able to see what's going to benefit you the most. You knew yeah. from the beginning that math, I mean, is not going to really get you that far with what your career choice was. Well, but, I hate it. That just comes down to I, <laughs> I hate, hate it, Jeffrey. Now, English classes, I loved. That's interesting. I loved them. I took so many extra English classes. Did you? I did. I probably almost have an English degree. Like, it would have been very easy for me I'm to get that. I'm surprised you haven't just finished that just for the Maybe funsies. I will yeah. one day. But I'm like, what? You know, and I could have gone into that. But what? Can, I'm like, what can you do with an English degree? You know, at the end of it, I wanted something that I actually could, could use. use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I loved English. And I think it plays into really what is an important skill in accounting Honestly, the English classes are more useful because what do you have to do in English classes? Like you're arguing a perspective about literature. That was most of our English classes was. That's fair. We've read this text. What does it mean? And you're in these debates with classmates about here's what I think it means. To me, that is more relevant to accounting than the freaking statistics. Nobody would ever think of this stuff. <laughs> I really hope that there's somebody out there that's listening to this right now that is thinking, I want to be an accountant because I love math. I, I, no, seriously, this would be so helpful to them. Could you imagine how disappointing that would be four years later with the degree and you're like, I haven't used any of this crap. Yes. Like, seriously. No. Yeah. So. And there's, well, and there's a thing you're going with me for the first time this coming Thursday, once a month. Mm-hmm. The CPA group that meets. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to get to see this for yourself yeah. here. But the whole hour, they do it over lunch. The whole hour, they're just debating 
different questions that people submit. So CPAs submit questions that they're trying to figure out what's the best way to do this for yeah. my client. Yeah. And this whole room of probably 60 CPAs, they start talking about how they all would handle it. Again, no math. So none of it's ever none math, of it probably. None of ever math. Yeah. Like, you how never... would I? How should I? Right. What does this mean to you? Right. I could imagine those right. are what the questions now, are. Now, it's yeah. oftentimes, well, let's look up the code here and exactly how this reads. Tons of law that goes into this. Really? Like, how do we yeah. interpret how the IRS or how the, in, in our case, we're in Texas, how the Texas Comptroller or the Secretary of State, like, how they have worded this law What's the best way to interpret it? Nowhere in any of these conversations are we talking about statistics or calculus. (laughs) Never. (laughs) Not once. So... Anyway, you should create your own accounting school <laughs> is what you should do. Just the well, whole curriculum I, with this. Podcast? Oh, I guess that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Going to get you some more M&Ms. You could yeah. teach us anything. And I taught it with M&Ms, yeah. Jeffrey. So that's all you needed to know to be an accountant. If I had had that video with the M&Ms <laughs> when I went to college. It would have made things so much clearer. OK, but you were already an accountant. Before you yes. went to school, yes. right? I mean, you you started yes. accounting at like 10. No, yes. But there's a difference between knowing how to get around QuickBooks uh-huh. and understanding accounting principles. Okay. So I was doing bookkeeping before mm-hmm. that, but I didn't truly have a full grasp on accounting principles. Got it. So you knew how to data enter, basically, sure, yeah. right? Okay. Right. Yes. I knew my way around QuickBooks. I, you know, I had a loose understanding, we'll say. Yeah. But there was a lot of things in college that I had not. And, and I'll say this, too. A lot of college accounting classes are geared towards public companies that have SEC requirements. Oh, got it. And are not relevant to any small business out there. Got it. Okay. That Unless you're going to go work for like a big five accounting firm and mm-hmm. a public company you're never going to use it. Got it. That's okay. a lot of what you learn in college. That's fair. So I had never touched any of that mm. or understood any of it. But you know me, I think my professors, my accounting professors probably hated me <laughs> because I am a lawyer. I mean, I, I, I'm not literally, obviously, no, no, yeah, I know but what you're in spirit. Yeah. And so when I felt like I was unjustly marked wrong, yeah. when I absolutely could make the case that, no, I got this question right. Oh, I would fight it. <laughs> Even if it had no relevancy on my grade whatsoever. It's not like, it okay. The principle. It was the principle yeah. of it. Yeah. It's like, okay, this question is not going to make the difference between A and B, right? But it's still like, no, this is not wrong. And I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. And I'd make the case it's because amazing. there are so many situations in accounting where it's like, it depends. And I mm. would present the case to say, okay, what if XYZ is true? What if ABC is true? Then that answer is right. So how often does he win those battles? I, I actually would win because yeah. I didn't let up. Yeah. I actually usually would. So you're, you're the person that you want there in case of an audit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which yes. is the point, right? Yes. Because you if will you, you can argue your point. Yes. I did it this way exactly. because exactly. XYZ. That is That's exactly, exactly right. If yeah. if you fear audits, you just want the guy that can present a good case. It doesn't even matter 
if it's wrong, if you can make a good case as to why it's right, not many auditors are going to to fight you on that. Honestly, mm, if you can yeah. make a good case for it, yeah, yeah. So have a good it. case. So yeah. this is why I'm saying. Being a lawyer is more helpful than being a mathematician in accounting. I'm not going to be surprised if you just go back to finish your English degree and then just get your uh, JD and just... (laughs) I would would actually probably love both of those, but I really enjoyed... And my English teachers loved me. Yeah. Loved me. In fact, those are the ones that would usually write me the recommendation letters were my English teachers. Got it. Because I got into it. Like, that's a professor's, like, favorite... Student, right? Like someone that's just not just phoning it in, but like into it. Yeah. And I was the queen of BS. I never read. I don't think I ever. I shouldn't say ever. I probably read some that were interesting. But if it wasn't interesting to me, I'm reading the cliff notes and I'm running with it. Yeah. Because to me, it was like, well, how can I just turn this into what I want to talk about? In fact, I do that on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah okay this is our topic but how do i turn this into what i want to talk about well, i mean but it, it's fair and it's it and it, it serves you well right i mean but yeah. it's like okay i'm the queen of saying all right here's i kind of get a gist of what the plot is or whatever in the text and here's yeah. how i can turn totally spin this into what i want to talk about <laughs> Again, another reason why an attorney. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You can't do that in math class. Yeah, that's fair. Like I I can't in the, I hated math classes so much because it's like there is no, I can't argue it, right? It's too black and white. You like the gray too much. I just love arguing the gray. (laughs) And with math, it's the answer is the answer. There's no way. But some people love that, right? The uh, the other side of the spectrum (laughs) are people that are like, no, math is great. Like, it's either right or it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What fun yeah. is that? Like, we're all having to come to the same answer. How boring is that? <laughs> no. There's no creativity no. there. So this is why yeah. I would drive an hour every day there and back to avoid the math. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that's grit for you. I love it. I love it. That That's exactly what that is. <laughs> There's no other way to explain that. Yeah. I remember one English class, um, and I can't remember what the name of that book was. I want to say it was The Dog Stars, something like that. Okay. But it was very weirdly written in a very unique writing style. Like, this guy would purposely, like, not end sentences and stuff. It was, like, very intentionally not proper grammar. Okay. As a writing style. And it was just odd. Like, the whole thing was really weird. And so we had to write a reading response to it. And so I took a risk. I was like, I'm going to write my response like this guy wrote the paper. I kind of like that. (laughs) And so what I ended up writing, it cracked me up so much. And I I wish I had saved it. I might have, actually. But... (laughs) But I was just cracking up writing it because I was just throwing crap on the page that made no sense, just like he did in the book. Like, just random, and he would do this, like, just throw something random in there that had no context whatsoever, and then I'd throw, like, incomplete sentences that just trailed off, like, just stuff he did in the book. That was my reading response. 
So I'm like, this is a risk, right? Yeah. Because either the teacher's going to think this is greatness or they're going to be like, no, 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 yeah. this is not a real response, right? <laughs> and this is one of the few books I actually did read. Um, but the, t- the professor loved it so much, she had me read it in class. Really? And I had the whole class cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of my shining moments. You made it your own. Yeah. I love it. That's hilarious. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to check out this book. Yeah, well, I probably have the copy still (laughs) and probably have not touched it since then. It was a weird book. But anyway, I got very off track there. No, but, you know, it's all it's all the same because you you, you're talking about how like what all you went through. There was a lot that you did. Yeah. To get your degree. Yep. You had a lot going on. Like, with your situation, literally, if you could do it, anybody could do it. Like, you could not have a more complicated situation. Right. And no extra time. Touche. You pulled through it. Touche. Like, it, that is But this grit. has also, I think, hindered me in my parenting, because when my kids start complaining, mm-hmm. I have not been able to find much genuine empathy <laughs> So basically, college is your version of I had to walk to school yes. every day yes. in the snow, uphill both ways. Yes. Got it. So when my daughter's taking two college classes <laughs> with no job, no kids, no bills, no husband, and then complaining to me about how much work, and I, you know, I know my reaction should not be, suck it up, buttercup. So I try to be very empathetic and outwardly sympathetic and but internally I'm going You're rolling your eyes big I'm time. rolling like, my oh eyes. Oh god, here it is again. Yeah. No. You know, I I think that <clears throat> that's actually something that I have been told before about me what, is that, that I not? can come across unsympathetic. Okay. Because I'm the same way. Like in my head I'm like, okay, but <laughs> Do it anyway. Like, exactly. just do it is my is definitely my perspective often. Um, and you have to, like, find a way to tamper that down when you're talking to other people, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's where our emotional intelligence comes in. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was a beautiful cir- full circle yes. that you just did there, Lindsay. That was amazing. That was great. <laughs> that's it. That's so, the end of the whole show. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, that's everything you need to know. No, we can't end it there because we have to take the test, the grit test. Yeah, so you sent you sent me this test. Um, so... So there's actually a grit... It's called a grit scale. Yeah. Online that you can take. Let's do this together and see how we score. Oh, there's only 10 questions. That's not yeah, bad. Do, it's not do bad we want to read all. the questions out loud? Yeah, let's do it. All okay, right. so number one... New ideas and projects sometimes distract me from previous ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go mostly because so, I can stay focused. So this is a, a sliding scale one to five yeah. from very much like me to not like me at all. Um, I'm going to say mostly like me. I'm what a are four you on that. Yeah. I'm definitely like I can stay focused yeah. and I won't get distracted by everything, but... Have you seen that movie Up? Yeah, the cartoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah where yeah. there's the dogs like squirrel, <laughs> squirrel, <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> right? He's in the middle of a sentence and then squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> 
Yeah. That, that's that's that, that is. Yeah. Well, no, I, that's a five. We're a little bit better. Okay. We'll finish our sentence, but <laughs> we're definitely thinking it. of the squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Number two. Setbacks don't discourage me. I don't give up easily. I think that applies. Yeah. 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 I, I don't. It setbacks to me. I don't even see them really as setbacks. It's like, okay, what did I learn from this? Let's move on. I agree with that. Yeah, and I think that's a very important mindset to have. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Well, Robert Kiyosaki, have you seen his book? It's something like uh, "Why C Students Are the Boss of A Students." Is that what it's called? I, I don't something know if that's like what it's that. called, but I'm familiar something, with his concept. That's yeah, probably a very bad paraphrase mm-hmm. of what the title actually that's is. That's what it's about, though. Yeah. Yeah. But his reasoning is that C students are used to failure and yeah. bouncing back from it. Yeah. And A students are not. And, and they, and they crumble. It. Right. right. They fear it. Yeah. And so the, it's it's like, what do you call it? Analysis paralysis? Yep. Kind of like that, right? Yeah. Where it, the fear is paralyzing. Yeah. But the C students are like, okay, well, I failed another test. Let's <laughs> move on to the next one. But it's that resilience yeah. That, that can continue to push you forward. So, yeah, it's all about perspective. Isn't that funny? Though? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Number three. I often set a goal, but later choose to pursue a different one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that depends, right? Because it, 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 it's got to be... It's got to be strategic. So, like I said already, is I will follow something to a fault if I don't take a step back and go, oh, is this the best idea? Okay, well... I'm going to give you an example on this, and I'm going to go hey, back to my college days. Give it to me. So there was a, going back to English class, <laughs> there was this very exclusive English class that you had to either be a National Merit Scholar or a Terry Scholar to get into it. Okay. I was a Terry Scholar. Okay. That was one of my scholarships. So I was able to get in this class. There was literally only six, six students in this class, and oh, we wow. met in the professor's office. Very unique class. Mm-hmm. Very difficult class. Really? Okay. He, I'm going to tell you how much. He had us write an essay every single week. It was a reading response. We had to read, and this one I actually had to read it. I had to read it and respond to it with an essay. The essay had to have 27 drafts. What? This professor had written a book where he had outlined all all basically every grammar issue he could come up with and he wanted a different draft he he actually originally said he wanted 50 something for each one of these 50 things he had outlined in his book but then he decided we could do two things on each draft where we were editing for those specific issues on each draft so you might have one draft where you're just editing for capitalization and you know whatever it's called when it's third person or first person, you know, yeah. like staying consistent yeah. in whichever you're talking in, right? Forget what you call that. Yeah. So you, one draft would be just editing for that only. From a book? Like, it was picking up a book? Or is, not what, a what book. It was usually a short story or okay. a poem. Got it. So yeah. it wasn't a lot of reading. It was a lot of writing and editing. Wow. And the editing was where he was putting a lot of the emphasis. Okay. Right? Okay. So... We had to turn in an essay and 27 drafts of corrections where he could see where we corrected for those things on each draft every week. This is what we had to do. Now you can see why I was stressed out. You're (laughs) blowing my mind right now. Yeah. 
it was a lot, but my writing grew, obviously, so much during that semester. I bet. Okay, so this professor, I, I mean, he still amazes me. First of all, he writes so many papers and books himself. Okay. Like, it blows my mind how much this, like, he's very accomplished. But he had this one book that he wanted us to read, and we did read throughout the semester, that he just adored. Like, he would glow over this book. Like, almost every time we talked to him, he would just be glowing over the book. And all the book was, was a book of interviews, where someone had decided they were going to go interview people that were prominent in their field, and then they were going to write out the interview. And it was just questions and answers. Okay. He just thought this was the most phenomenal book, and he would just go on and on yeah. gushing about how amazing this was and how they were able to find, you know, interview these people yeah. that nowhere else had people been able to find, you know, get interviews with these people. And I mean, he would just go on and on. And finally, one day, I'm like, we can do this. Because he, he said something about how there will never be another book like this again. I'm like, we can do this. I'm like, right here. We got six people. Let's do it. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, he didn't take me seriously at all. I'm like, no, for real. Let's do it. Why not? If you love it that much. Yeah. Let's do it. So we literally started a partnership. All, us students, National Merit Scholars and Terry Scholars, we got together we met weekly. We started drafting up like all of our ideas for people that we could interview. Eventually got to the point where we started contacting people and we did actually interview a Nobel Peace Prize person. Really? Yes. Wow. We got on the phone with the guy that wrote the original book <laughs> and talked to him about it. And that was like this professor like his prized moment like he got to sit in on that conversation where we're on the phone with this guy this guy that he has just yeah held in the highest esteem for years and years right so this was like a big goal of mine and then after college it was just like (laughs) i got busy with other things they got busy with other things and we just like let it go. Yeah. Like, we were all passionate about it. We were all into it. We were, like, all about this. This is going to be huge. Like, we're going we're gonna to interview all these famous people. And then we just left it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's any uh, celebrities and or, um, you know, fun, fun, interesting people to interview listening to this, they can just come on. And do your interview by podcast, right? Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. But I say all that to say that that's relevant to number three, that I set a goal, but then later choose to pursue a different one. Why was that, though? Was that strategy? I, I feel like I get bored. Mm. Like, I'm really passionate about it, Like, oh, yeah, let's do this. And I'm yeah. all gung-ho about it. And then it's just like, eh. Fizzle. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. But isn't that the case with a lot of entrepreneurs? Uh, but I, I, I was actually thinking that, that I feel like that's kind of a trait of entrepreneurs. And, and I think that once you figure out <clears throat> that that is how you are and start using it to your advantage, All right. it can help you. I think, because uh, what I notice from from people that I find successful um, is that they commonly like that. They'll have this great idea. They will move in. They'll 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 put all the pieces in place 
it's like this big challenge and yeah. they're super passionate about it and I put it all into place and then it's going and then they can move on to the next thing. Isn't that what makes an entrepreneur that they have multiple things? Because not every business owner is necessarily an entrepreneur. Touche. Well, to me, there's a I two mean, different by levels. definition, but I think you mean more mindset. Yeah, right? I, I would say so. Yeah, because that that's kind of something that I've had to kind of learn about myself because I would start something and I would create it to where I was the one that was having to do it. Yeah. Problem is, when I lost interest, it ceased to exist. <laughs> Whereas now, if I can be more strategic about it and I'm super passionate about it and I can put it into place and help it kind of go on its own, then when my interest peaks and moves on, yeah. that's fine. This is still happening. Well, and I think this probably goes back to where there's people that are visionaries and then there's people that are like the integrators that are actually going to work in the details, yeah. right? And, and you, we need both. They're both yes. super important. Oh, absolutely. Every innovator needs an integrator right. and vice right. versa. Well, and see, that's where we got we got d really derailed on that project. I was the visionary. I had yeah. the vision for it. I could see how it could all come into place. But when it came to actually doing the details, mm -hmm. that's where I lost interest. Yeah. Like, I'm over it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you often set so, goals and later pursue a different So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say that's mostly like me. So, like, four on that one? Yeah. I would say four on that one as well. Okay, so number four, I'm a hard worker. I'm definitely, I'll say that's very much like me. Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously, you'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> Unless I'm bored, apparently. Unless you're bored, yeah. I have difficulty maintaining my focus on projects that take more than a few months to complete. Obviously <laughs> so. I'm going to say mostly like me. And mostly like me. Hmm, maintaining my focus on projects... A few months just seems such like such a fine point. Because I could stay focused for more than a few months. Okay, then it's not so much like mm, you. Yeah, somewhat like me. And it probably depends for me on do I still get to be a visionary or do I now have to get into the nitty gritty details? Because especially if I got to research stuff. <laughs> uh -uh. You're out. I'm That's out. Tapped out. No, I'm done. Not happening. <laughs> All right. I finished whatever I began. Mm, not so much. You would say not so much? I, I, yeah. Well, kind of going into those last two things that you said, but if you decide you're going to finish it, you do. Okay. Well, like college, for example, yeah, I stuck to it. I stuck to it. Yeah. But then there was obviously some things in college I did not. So I don't know. Should I say somewhat like me? Yeah, I would. All right. Number seven. My interests change from year to year. That's definitely like me. I would say, yeah. That's Emphatically. All right, number eight. I am diligent. I never give up. I am diligent, but I will give up. <laughs> if it if makes sense to If give I'm up. bored. Yeah, yeah. No, legit, well, because, if I'm bored. Yeah, but if you don't have a passion for it anymore, doesn't that also make sense? Maybe, but yeah. I mean... Because that's what grit means, right? Is it's the grit is the combination of well, somebody Angela Duckworth, who is like one of the experts of um of grit. That's what she, what did she say? It's the combination of perseverance and passion mm. is what you come up with grit, right? So if you know you could have all the perseverance in the world, obviously you do. Yeah. But if you're no longer passionate about it, yeah, that's when what I is lose there to be interest. gritty about? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I don't know what to put on this one. Like, what What if you're one and not the other? 
Yeah, some of these kind of contradict each other, don't they? I'm just going to put it in the middle. Yeah, okay. All right, number nine. I have been obsessed with a certain idea or project for a short time, but then later lost interest. Very much yes. like me. Yeah, I'm, I'm very high on that scale. <laughs> number 10. I have overcome setbacks to conquer an important challenge. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Very much. All right, are we ready to get our score? Hit me with do yours. We need, do we need a drum roll? So my grit score... And I guess this is out of five, right? Yeah. Zero to five. Okay. Mine is a 2.9. Really? Yeah. What is yours? 3.3. Okay. You have more grit than me. I wonder why that is. It's probably because- Your boredom level has a higher threshold. I have a higher threshold of boredom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which isn't necessarily always a good thing like we discussed. I've only scored higher than 20% of Americans. (laughs) That's amazing though. Yeah. Yeah, well, and then there's just so many studies, like, and, and I encourage anybody listening to this to dive into grit and read this podcast and, and TED Talks and all kinds of stuff that's focused specifically on this. But there is a long pattern of, of research that shows that above IQ, above so many other things, just having grit, grit can lead to success. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that I loved that I read about in the last couple of days was about how we tend to think that when somebody's really good at something, <clears throat> that it's easy to them. Yeah. Right? Michael Phelps is the best swimmer in the world. Right, right. People think it's easy to him, but when you interview him, yeah, he's like, I love swimming. Yeah. But... Okay, well, do you love practicing? No. Getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go out in a bathing suit and then jump in a pool and push myself harder than I ever thought I could? Right. None of that is fun. Right. Right? But that's the difference between... You know, me, who just likes to swim sometimes. Right. And him, who, I mean, he's the best at what he does. And, um, but, so I think that we kind of get into, not not everyone, I think a lot of people, including myself, kind of see somebody that's really good at something and forget how much hard work mm. went behind that. And you try to compare yourself and you're like, well, they're just good at it. Mm. That's just the way their brain works. But no, not necessarily. Sometimes they just pulled through it. They just pushed themselves through it, and that's why they're good at it. You know, I feel like my score should be higher just for getting through that freaking <laughs> detox diet. <laughs> you know, I should get like point I should get that. like a five point two <laughs> just for finishing that, which I'm not even finished with apparently. Yeah, yeah. What's happened with that? Because I thought you were finished. Well, well, so finished. I'm very disappointed with this program because it's okay. a 90 day program. Yeah, and it's specifically targeting like trying to help your thyroid, right? Yeah. But the 90 days just ended, and then it was like, well, you can keep paying us if you want to continue, but otherwise, you're done. I'm like, okay, is my thyroid any better? Well, how would you know? Well, I guess I need to go do. Back, um, second test of the blood work and oh, the GI oh, oh, map oh, oh, test. Oh, okay, okay. But they didn't even have me do that. And I guess I just assumed at the end of this 90 days, I was going to know whether or not I had made any progress on my thyroid. Well, you took a test to start. <clears throat> yes. So 90 so days I know ago. My, I know my original numbers. I have no idea what they are now. And there's no wrap-up? No, exactly. Uh, and I... so. You know, Lindsay, I can't just walk <laughs> away. And I was like, really? Like, yeah. 
is my thyroid any better? And they were like, well, this is, you know, of course, this is a lifelong journey. And, you know, it's going to probably take at least a year of these changes for you to start seeing, you know, your gut inflammation go away and all that. So basically, you pay for 90 days of coaching and these therapy sessions and all of that. But you're on your own after that unless you want to keep paying. Okay, but now you're a quarter of the way through. Yeah. Theoretically. And boy, where are your results? Again, I should be getting a 5.2 <laughs> for my no dairy, no gluten, no alcohol, no caffeine, no sugar diet. But I thought it was easy. No. <laughs> Those are all your favorite things. But I will say, and as you know, I have had a few cheat nights I've been implementing lately. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but. Yeah. But. But most days. I'm on the no fun diet. And by most, we're, we're, we're talking like out of three months, you've had what, two, maybe well, three? Well, I might have had a bad week last week. Oh, okay. Last week, I think I had three cheat nights. <laughs> oh. So now there's two problems here, Lindsay. The first one is, is that you're having cheat nights. The second thing is, is you didn't invite me, obviously. <laughs> Because I don't think I was there for any of those. Um, well, you were out of town. <laughs> that's true. So that's fair. That's how fair. was I going to have it with you? Okay, that's fair. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> as you know, and I won't get into all that right now because we're already an hour into this, yeah. but I had a bad weekend. And so I went out with my best friend, Vanessa, that night, and I ate and drank like there was no tomorrow. So the emotional eating journey, it's going well. It's going well. Because when the stress comes, man, I really, really stick it out. With yeah, the, yeah. With the no fun diet. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where you are, I mean, you, you, I think life is just, it is what it is. Well, right? we're going to go back to the first, what was the first one? How was it worded here? Or no, the second one. Number two. Setbacks don't discourage me. I don't give up easily. So, you know what? On Sunday, the day after I ate and drank like there was no tomorrow, I went back to the no fun diet. Resilient. I'm not despairing over this, right? Yeah. I had a bad week. It sucked. I definitely emotionally ate. So clearly, still have an issue with that. But that's Okay. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Well, and we got to remember where you were. All right, so let's say six months ago. How many emotional eating incidents would you have had in that one week? Well, if we if we were wine further far enough, okay, it would let's be go every, back a year and a half. Then, then it was every day. And so now we're fast forwarding, and you've had one incident in the last year ish. One incident? Well, well, I, I mean, since you started the no fun cheat diet, nights. that was right, right? Like you have not. I've had like five total cheat nights. Okay, in nine ninety. But were days. those emotional eating, or were those just? Well, okay. I need an ice cream. Sure. All right. There's emotional. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Emotional eating, maybe two. Yeah. No, it's progress. Definitely. That's not even just progress. That's, That's progress. Incredible. So. We're getting there. Yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. We're not going to be discouraged by the setbacks. That's the point. Resilience is the R. So one day, hopefully, I can be completely neutral when it comes to food. You just won't even eat it anymore. You'll just be like, oh. <laughs> it's just the air diet. <laughs> <laughs> 
That sounds terrible. Worse than rabbit food. <sighs> this has been fun, but we seriously need to wrap this up. So yeah. What's What's the conclusion? What do we have to say about grit? <laughs> I would say that, in my opinion, I think grit is one of the most important differentiators between people that have a high amount of success and people who don't. Mm-hmm. I would say that that's a big one. J.K. Rowling comes to mind because mm-hmm. I've heard she went she tried to get her book published with about 300 different publishing companies before yeah. one finally said yes. Yeah. Yeah. And now that is like the biggest. Yeah. I mean, she's a household name right. at this point. Right. Right. And then you hear about people like um, um, who Colonel Sanders, right? Like how old was he and how many recipes mm-hmm. did he do? Right. Because he's always in that list when you talk about like not giving up because some of these people, JK, was another mm-hmm. one where they just pushed so hard. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they got it in front of the right person. You 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 read those inter- early interviews with Bill Gates. He ta- I forget how many uh, meetings he set, but like he reached out to like a thousand people, maybe more than that. And then he got meetings with, you know, 10 or 15. And out of those 15, only two had a second call and only one invested. But that's, that's grit. Mm-hmm. You have to give your pitch a thousand times. That may be us soon when we start trying to find investors with our pitch deck. That's fair. So we got to have grit. That's right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's hope my 2.9 can get me through. My 3.3 will help you. So we got this. (laughs) Together, we have a five. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but out of 10, (laughs) we're halfway there. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> All right. How can people find you if they want to reach you? Uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, Jeffrey Gonzalez, and in the Dallas Metroplex payroll payroll guru is what it says. Or they can call me at two one four five five one four six five zero. And I'm Lindsay Klein with the Klein Honest, Accurate Bookkeeping, performed on time, and your host of By the Books. You can find us at sakline.com, s a k l i n e dot com, and email us at info at sakline.com. Until next time, have a great week, everyone. By the Books is presented by Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. For more information on Secline services or to get a hold of Lindsay, visit secline.com or email info at secline.com. The information provided on this website and podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general information purposes only. Information provided by Secline may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter and should refrain from acting on the basis of this information without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation.